Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And Mr. Westbrook hit the trouble triple-double last night, Coach. There was he did. not much drama. It ended up being in that third quarter. Congratulations to our contest winners. We're reaching out today to Art and Trey. And uh, he put on another show. He did, man. And, I, you know, I don't know if people realize how historic it is, especially, you know, I guess, you know, younger guys and gals. Because, you know, I remember watching uh, NBA when I was very, very small. Now, I'm not old enough to remember watching Oscar Robertson play, you know, just a little bit before my time. But I used to, you know, my dad and I were basketball fanatics, just like Dawson and I are now. And we talked a lot of sports. And, the, you know, he always said to me, the two the two streaks that would never be broken were DiMaggio's hit streak and Oscar Robertson's three-point uh, total. And, or, triple I'm not three-point, yeah. triple-double total. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, you never know, Dad, you never know. But, you know, to the fact that it was 47 years in the making and, uh, you know, he he broke this. I I really truthfully don't think. Now I'm like my dad, but I don't think we're <laughs> going to see anybody break that record. I mean, if you look at LeBron, he's played a billion games. You know, he's toward getting towards the end of his career. He doesn't even have half what Westbrook has. That just goes to show you how how much ahead. And if you if you even factor in somebody young like Luca, there's just no way he'd have to average triple doubles for seasons upon seasons so i you know i just no, no big... faith in luca to, to to track him down he's so no young way. he isn't gonna dirk do it. dirk is still smiling back there i'm surprised dirk dirk knows yeah wow yeah okay. he's i think luca will will can get possibly to third that's that's the highest ceiling that's <laughs> any normal human being can get i don't think anybody's gonna catch russ or big o i think Third is like the premium spot you can get. So I think Luca uh, has a chance as long as he doesn't get thrown out with extra technicals. I well, think that's yeah, his, he's going to miss obstacle. too many. <laughs> Can't punch people in the nuts, man. What are you <laughs> yeah, trying seriously. to do? Come on, Luca. <laughs> Jeez. You know what, though? I was. This is going to sound really selfish, but I can't help it. He he got suspended for the game today, which means he's going to be fresh and rested for a big game tomorrow which Dawson and I are going to be at. So we get to see Luca Magic. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. That is yeah. that is tomorrow. This is a front end for Dallas. Yep. And um but did he act he's not actually suspended yet, is he? Cuz it was a it was a flagrant, not a technical when he got ejected. So, I think he's uh, still good to go tonight. Are seriously? Yeah. I don't know. I I thought he was I thought he was suspended for this game. I'm looking at his note on FanDuel. It doesn't indicate that he's out tonight. All right. With my luck, it's going to be reviewed. They'll decide today, and it'll be tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we will see how that goes. I know Porzingis is out, but there were also rumors he may play tomorrow uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. So we'll, well that'd see. That would be fun. I know. And then Ingram has the possibility of playing tomorrow. Um, you know, we're probably not going to see Zion again, which we were chasing, but you know, I'd be happy. I'd be very comfortable seeing, you know, Lonzo Ingram. And then of course, Luca, that would be, it'd be a fine day. So Absolutely. we'll see how that goes. Well, we'll hit but that we're one just tomorrow. we along here. Like it's nothing. We only have 11 games. Yeah, only 11. <laughs> I mean, it's the last week of the regular season in COVID 2021. So we've got a full slate, eight of the 22 teams involved in a back-to-back three yes. totals over two thirty. We start at seven o'clock tonight, Coach, on the East Coast. So, so get yeah. us, get us started. Let's do it, and we're going to briefly touch on when we're going over each game because it's very important. This final week, we'll do this the rest of this week until the last games on Sunday. Is just give you a brief touch of where the teams stand because some of the teams have clinched, some have been eliminated, and there's a group on in the East and West that are still battling either for a spot or the positioning in the seating. And everybody's trying to avoid that play in 7 through 10. So in this first game, you've got the the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Denver right now is sitting at fourth, one game behind the Clippers. So they're going to either finish uh, third or fourth, not too stressful of a game 
I'm sure they'd you know rather finish third, but it's not like they're they got to put the pressure on uh, to win this one. Uh, but Charlotte, on the other hand, is right in the battle. They are eighth, and they're two games uh, uh, behind Boston and one game ahead of Indiana and Washington. So Charlotte needs to win. So they're going to be given a little bit more uh, on this one. Uh, again, Denver's a six and a half point uh, road favorite, two nineteen and a half over under. Pace not good, twenty four Denver, seventeen Charlotte. Defensive efficiency somewhat middle of the road with Denver 15th and Charlotte 19th. And then we have a Q tag on Monte Morris, who may uh, get to see the floor uh, here. He's been out. And uh, on the Charlotte side, we have uh, Cody Martin already listed out. So the other Martin becomes a little playable here. And then uh, the important news would be Devontae Graham. He's flat out questionable. So we got to follow uh, what's going to happen uh, in that game. And, you know, also, you know, we had uh, some Aaron Gordon news uh, the last game, but this game uh, he is probable. So I think we'll probably see the Composo Rivers, Gordon Porter, Joker lineup against Ball, Rozier, McDaniels, Washington, and Biombo. Both teams have gone with those lineups uh, a little bit here this past week. Um Interesting game here. I know Charlotte needs to win it. Rogier's coming off an absolute monster the last go around. Um, you know, if especially if Graham sits, Rogier definitely becomes in play. Uh, Lamelo is is looking good. I know that that wrist is still not a hundred percent, but you know he's he's certainly someone you have to consider. Um, after that, though, you know McDaniel's is up and down, and he gets Gordon defense probably. Um, you know, Porter Jr. is always in question as a possibility for me. Uh, just in these recent games, he's shooting the ball well. But again, you know, with Denver not having to push it to the limit, this game just doesn't really excite me that much other than the Charlotte backcourt, and a lot of that depends on Devontae News. Yeah, that, that is crucial. Uh, I'm a little more interested on Denver here. If anyone, Rivers on DraftKings is cheap if he starts again and Morris is not playing. But if right. Morris plays, I'm going to fade those guards. I also yeah. like Porter Jr. on FanDuel today. He's 7,100. I, I think thought that was fair. Yeah, that's fair. And then if Jermichael Green starts again in the low 3K, mid 3K range, he's playable as a, a, a fill-in here, fill out the he roster. He should sit with Gordon coming back, I would assume. Right, right. So if Gordon is in, then that's a we're we're going to pass that as well. And then it, for yeah. me, it's it's Porter Jr. or nothing, most likely. Me too. All right, game two. It's also at seven o'clock. No, nope, not even a mention for Charlotte. Nope, not today. Wow. No. Nope. Poor Hornets. The, All right. Yep, the fighting Fakus and fighting Joe Stanton's are going to be too much for Charlotte. And smother them, huh? Yep. All right, Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, also at seven o'clock. And Timberwolves favored by seven and a half here, two twenty-seven yeah. and a half total. And that's got to be the most they've been favored all year. Got to <laughs> be. <laughs> well, here's the funny, the funny thing: there are five teams in the NBA that have either twenty or twenty-one wins, and these are two of them. So these are teams that you would think would want to be losing, and yeah. Detroit has done a better job of that than Minnesota. Minnesota has had a couple wins recently, and uh, they're kind of playing with fire with. Yeah, with uh, adding some wins here at the end of the season, but uh, I think Detroit is—they're is, obviously playing out the string. They got the whole crew out again. Minnesota, um, you know, that they're the wild card for me here out of these lower-ranked teams, um, and then they have a lot less injury news. We've got Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's questionable, and we have uh, Jaden McDaniel's is back in the mix as available. Right on the Detroit side. Here's the list, Coach Corey Joseph, Diallo, Magruder, Ellington, Plumley, and Grant out. Jeez. And two questionables. Questionables: Frank Jackson and Josh Jackson. The two thirds of the Jackson Five. That's also right. That's right. So <laughs> on the Minnesota side, um, it, it is uh, you you're rolling the dice a little bit here. But D'Angelo Russell is the guy that I'm looking at primarily. I like how he's been playing lately in yeah. the 7K range. 
Detroit's defense is not good. They're 18th. So there's one guy you could look at. Uh, Edwards has been priced up probably a little bit too much for me. Cat, I'm not, you know, he hasn't been playing huge minutes. So if anything, I'd go with Reed there as a backup. We know that the backup bigs have done really well against Detroit when yeah. Stewart starts because they just don't have much behind him. No, Cook, I think, backs him up. Yeah, right? Cook and, and Okafor yeah. a little bit. Oh, so yeah, yeah. it's probably D'Angelo, Russell, or Pass for me on that side. And then with Detroit, uh, I, I wouldn't mind one of these value plays. With all those guys out, Killian Hayes getting a great opportunity. He's a fair price. Saban Lee behind him got 32 minutes off the bench last game he's yeah. he's a nice price tag especially if one of those jacksons is out then yeah those guys are, are going to get a lot of opportunity and it's a great pace up game for them obviously minnesota's second in pace with an awful defense so i don't mind one of the detroit guards and then stewart is is in consideration as well as a value play but um, most interested in these guards here russell or one of the detroit guys yeah, this this is a weird game for me. I spent a ton of time on this game uh, last night and this morning because I still feel like it could be a key game. I I agree a hundred percent on what you were saying uh, with Minnesota. It it seems as though they're taking the approach of, you know, here's what I would think their their locker room conversation is. Listen, we we're gonna get whatever draft pick we get. We've got a great nucleus of young guys right here, which they do. They have a ton of guys uh 25 and under that are really good and so i think they they're wanting to say let's finish strong win games like phoenix did last year at the end of the year get some confidence come back and just crush it next year that's what i you can just see that oozing from their players on the bench and and everybody in there giving an effort playing with an edge you know with a chip and i like that that's something that minnesota hasn't done in gosh four years maybe um, so, you know, to me, that puts D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and, you know, an inexpensive Vanderbilt in play, uh, not quite as much on the Rubio side. And I, I agree with you on Towns. I don't think they're going to have to stretch him. Now he could have a, a huge game if he plays big minutes, but, uh, I do. My only concern here, Andrew, is that Minnesota may blow him out. I know, you know, the spread is six and a half, which isn't bad. But, man, when you look at man for man, uh, you know, with Minnesota, you know, possibly having nobody sit if Hernan Gomez plays to Detroit having seven of their top eight players out. I mean, that's, you know, that really is the case because Sadiq Bey is the only guy that was in that top seven uh, for much of the season. And that's, you know, assuming that that all of these guys are, are out as stated. But. I've been burned once this season. I, I checked it by Killian Hayes, once by by uh, uh, Saban Lee, once by Josh Jackson, and once by Frank Jackson. So I've had four stings. None of them ever paid off for me. So I have made the decision that I will not be fooled a second time. <laughs> and I am not taking any of the Detroit guards. But here's where I would like to possibly take maybe two of these guys and it's Sadiq Bey it's Dumbuyu who's been really terrific in this last four or five games and then Isaiah Stewart because you know he's he's a little expensive but I still keep thinking he can have that monster game he but I, I'm not quite leaning as hard with him because of just constant foul trouble and he's gonna have to try to guard Cat which is gonna be not, you know, great from the foul side. So Bay and Dumbuyu are in play for me, and I'd love to come back on the other side with one of the, you know, big dogs, Russell or Edwards, and then possibly a Vanderbilt uh, value play. So very strange that a game where two teams have been eliminated, um, I just have a lot of interest in it. I think it can be a sleeper game that's going to go overlooked, and I'm going to have exposure. Okay. All right, the next one is 7.30 game. It's Miami at Boston, and sorry to hear about your uh, your Jalen Brown. Yeah, man. that that's was a, rough. That's a terrible blow for them. Crushing. Um, yeah, that is. Um, it is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Boston. Uh, Miami's minus two. It's 225. 
You've got poor pace here. Miami's second slowest team in the league. Only the Knicks are slower. Boston doesn't exactly scorch up and down the court. They're 18th. Defensively, very respectable. Miami is sixth. Boston has hovered in the middle and then dropped down in the 20s. They're back up to 17, which is respectable. Uh, The center, Robert Williams, is doubtful. So, you know, that's going to bring some guys into play a little bit more. And then, of course, we know Brown's out. Uh, Oladipo hasn't returned yet either for Miami. So, you know, it looks like the regular five, Nunn, Robinson, Butler, Reason, Autobio for Miami with a bunch of guys off the bench uh, that could, uh, you know, get into some of those minutes, which now the Miami depth actually hurts us in DFS because there's going to be a lot more split minutes. You know, the big question is, now that we know that, that uh, you know, that Boston's going to be shorthanded the, the rest of the year without Brown, you know, where does that usage go? You know, we've seen it consistently uh, go to Tatum, number one, and then Kemba when he plays, uh, number two. And there's been games where Kemba uh, is out as well, and then a lot of that floats to smart. But right now, I would expect Tatum uh, to get the most play here, but it's against Trevor Reason, that tough Miami defense, and his price is so high. Plus, you know, if you look at the situation here, um, this is a really important game, Andrew. You've got Miami uh, is two games ahead of Boston for, to have to get into that play-in game. So if Miami beats Boston tonight, they're basically assured to not have to be in the play-in and finish sixth. So I think Miami comes out, looks at this like, listen, we have to have this game. Then we can relax. So we'll have to watch if they do win this one, the next couple of games, I think they'll rest some people for sure. But uh, if they lose this game, all of a sudden it's the rest of this week takes on a different meaning because Boston could bump them into that tournament. And that's the biggest stat we have to watch here in the standings is that six, seven hole, because getting six locked in and you're not having to worry about the playing tournament is a world of difference to being seven through 10. And this is the first time they've ever done it in the NBA, but it is a big distinction. So, you know, I think Miami comes out, plays super hard. Boston knows the same thing, you know, especially shorthanded. They would love to get out of that play in tournament. So I think this game is hotly contested. I think you get big minutes from all the guys. If it stays close, I think it stays close and, you know, it, it makes people playable for me here. i don't quite want to spend top dollar for Tatum uh, against this defense, but I'm tempted. But I do like Kemba or Marcus. I think, you know, having some exposure there is is really good. And then on the Miami side, you know, you tell Jimmy Buckets you need one game to, you know, to clinch and, and sort of take the week to, to get ready for the playoffs. I think Jimmy Buckets comes out and plays. And then you've got the second piece of this, is Boston's bigs are so shorthanded. You know, you got Tristan Thompson starting at center, and he's somewhat a pseudo four, more than a five anymore. So Bam, who's been, a, you know, his stats are a little down this year, but this is the kind of game he can smash in. So, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the total of 225 doesn't blow your socks off with, with several games in the 230s, but I think this game could be the highest contested game not the highest scoring game but for that reason you know i'm going to think about buying up to either butler or bam and think about that mid-level play with kemba or marcus and if things shuffle around throughout the day tatum's not completely out of play for me although he will get you know some butler defense i think it could be highly contested uh, I'm more interested in Miami's potential here, but I don't like the guard rotation with everybody healthy, like you said. So for me, it's only Jimmy Butler or Ariza in play. I don't like Bam's lower ceiling recently. Yeah. Um, and I, I like some of the other centers here better. So it's potentially pay up for Butler. Ariza, I think, is a solid value still. With Boston, I'm just concerned about how they're going to react to this Jalen Brown news. I'm as optimistic as anyone but I just don't think they can win the title without Jalen Brown. And I think that's going to be a rough pill to swallow. 
Now, I mean, they're very talented still. Fournier is a nice replacement to have, to have that score, you know, and they could win a series for sure, maybe even two, but uh, I just wonder how they're going to react. Uh, and it's not, it's not an easy setting to have to deal with Miami after, after getting that news because they don't mess around on no. defense. And so, so Tatum, you know, yeah, um, he's the guy, but he's really expensive. And Kemba's gone up too. Um, so I just don't really want to pay for those guys against Miami's defense. Fournier. I thought you bled green, man. Where's the green blood? Oh, it's it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. But it's just tough. I know it's yeah. sobering losing Brown. It really is. Yeah. Fournier got hot against these guys last game. Man, that yeah. was that was impressive. He's a decent price on DraftKings. Streak shooter. Streak shooter. Uh, so probably won't go there. Tristan Thompson, actually, I have some interest in, especially on DraftKings. He's forty six hundred. Should get thirty minutes. Yeah. Um But this is this is borderline pass for me just wow. because it's Miami and because of what Boston is dealing with. Very interesting. I think we can get some guys from this game at low ownership, which is nice and sneaky though, too. Yep. That is true. Yeah. All right. The other 7:30 game is Clippers and Raptors. Two teams heading in the opposite direction this year. Fast. <laughs> Very quickly. The Raptors now officially eliminated and they've got all these guys sitting OG and Anobi, Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, Hood. Uh, question mark for Boucher, and yeah. with the Clippers, Ibaka and Coffee are still out. Now, Clippers big favorites here, twelve points, uh, two twenty and a half total. Uh, we know that the Raptors are, are packing it in. Uh, how about Kawhi Leonard at eighty three hundred or eighty four hundred? Uh, talk about a buy low situation, uh, probably the lowest price you'll see at him at for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, just wanted to mention it because I, I wasn't really planning on targeting him or any of these Clippers in this matchup. But if he and, and you know the thing about Kawhi is that he his minutes have been a little bit better here recently as he's worked back in the lineup. He's gotten over thirty minutes. So while he's out there, he could smash and and pay that off. Uh, Paul George is cheap on Fanduel, but not overly interested in the Clippers here. Because uh, I, I do think they they have a, a pretty solid chance of winning this one easily and, and not really having to push their guys. Um, they are in third. You know they could be looking to move up here, but uh, it's I don't think they're going to need to push their guys to the limit to get the win. Yeah, I'm more interested in Toronto with with the value opportunities opening up. I think Flynn and Trent should be the starting backcourt, and they're they're attractive Trent especially on Fandle he's only 4900 Birch uh, is a value center I'm looking at and then we'll have to see how they finish out the lineup it could be uh, Utah Watanabe he's very cheap Uh, we've got Bembry in the rotation Jalen Harris he's getting a real look here he got 29 minutes in the last game 16 6 and 4 very cheap on DraftKings uh, 3100 so you could look at one of those guys. I I think I'll probably end up with at least one Raptor because of these prices and the opportunity, maybe even two. Right. Well, you know, this this is interesting. I have a little bit different take here. I mean, we've we've all been adjusting to teams that have given up and sitting their top 17 guys. And generally everybody races to those teams like Houston recently and grabs two or three guys. So half their roster almost is built on the second flight of guys, which, you know, it pays off a ton. We've seen it with Martin and all kinds of different guys. However, in this, I feel a little differently this this game. I think the the three or four guys that Toronto has on their bench, and I'm, I'm guessing it's Flynn, Trent, Watanabe, Johnson, and Burt starting – and then they, like you mentioned, some of those guys, they have about four guys on the bench. I see Nurse since they've given up. I see all nine guys getting a bunch of time and mixing up and matching. And I think the Clippers are just so much better. I think they they will get out to a lead. They won't play their guys full minutes. Clippers can't do anything but move either third or uh, fourth or fifth. They're, they're not going to catch, I'm sorry, uh, third or fourth. They can't catch really the Suns and they're not going to fall down below the map. So 
I don't think they really care whether which spot they finish in, and I can't imagine that they're going to extend any of their guys uh, in a game like this. Plus, you know, there's some of these guys, you know, we could go to and say, do we, you know, want to give these guys a shot? But Trent's going to have to face Paul George defense. Somebody's going to have to face Kawhi defense. It just seems like a scary game. And I, I would assume you're going to have all kinds of people with a couple of Raptors in their lineup. They're going to be, you're going to see high, high ownership on Flynn, Trent, and Birch. You'll get a bunch of value seekers at on Watanabe. And I, I'm just not willing to take the risk. And I think uh, I'm hoping that the edge of fading this game completely uh, will give us a heads up. Okay. All right, next one on the board is uh, 8 o'clock game also, Philadelphia 76ers and Indiana Pacers. Indiana is second uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. Philly's six-and-a-half-point favorite, a big, fat 234, Andrew. So 234 happens to be the biggest number, so I win the ticket draw today again. (laughs) And uh, right now... For Philly, we have Korkmaz out, Thibel out, and Embiid, the wonderful questionable tag. So, you know, Embiid will have to have his lunch, go through warm-ups, shoot around. You know, we'll, it'll be drug out, and you know, dot like Doc does until probably the very end to find out if the guy's going to play or not. And, you know, to me, it just seems like a perfect spot to s- sit the big fella. I, you know, I've... I've planned on him being out today they've got a big three-game lead for first place overall in the east i i don't see why they want to even mess with that they're not going to catch utah for best record they're a full three behind that so you know it's it just doesn't make sense why philly would want to push this um and so i think Embiid's out which you know gives you a little bit of different look at this uh i think that in that scenario, Dwight Howard is playable. He's been smashing lately. Uh, when he does get minutes, he really produces and he's cheap. So there's a, a consideration there. Uh, Tobias Harris has been in a groove. You know, you could you could look at him a little bit. Uh, so that you know that's where I'm looking initially. Um, and then on the Indiana side, man, they are in just shambles. I mean, I have you read some of the stuff behind the scenes? Yeah, heard a thing or two. Yeah, they're they're having locker room problems. Uh, you know, we've had a coach and and player issue. They you know supposedly cleared that up, but it's just mass mayhem there. And uh, I guess there's you know it's just not going well. And they they have shown it on the court. They're not playing the level of ball uh, you know that they should. And you know that the thing that makes this game wanting to have some some exposure here is they're 10th and 5th Philly and Indiana in pace. So there's a lot of pace in this game. And, you know, Indiana needs to win. But the defense, man, Philly's 2nd and uh, Indiana's 12th. But again, with Embiid out, that's if he's out and he's just questionable, that changes everything, you know, for, for their defense. Um, Indiana right now is sitting in a position where they're in ninth. Uh, but you know they they still could move up a spot or down a spot. Very unlikely that the Bulls can catch them. They'd have to Indiana'd have to lose every game, and Indiana'd have to or Chicago'd have to win every game left. So you know they're still in scramble mode, trying to pull it together. Uh, you know, and I just I'm not sure that that they're hitting their stride. Maybe it's because Turner's out and different guys like that, but. They're still in the same scenario, you know, with Brogdon. Uh, you know, we don't know what his status is for this game. And then uh, Jeremy Lamb as well. And we already know Turner's out. And so they're going to be shorthanded as they have been. And, you know, Karis LeVert's been a stud, but he's going to get guarded, you know, by Simmons for a good portion of the game, more than likely. Um, you can go cheaper with a guy like, McDermott, but he's probably going to get tough D from Danny Green. Uh, you know, Brissett's leveled off now, but his price is still up. And, I, you know, Sabonis has been the guy that, you know, he's been the uh, poor man's Westbrook for big men. I mean, he's just been killing 21 every slate. 21 20 last night. I know. He's just been on fire, and uh, it's hard to ignore. 
but I'll tell you, I if Embiid happens to play, that's you know trouble for Sabonis a bit. And I don't think Dwight Howard's a bad defender, man. He gets into you and bodies you and blocks shots. But you know Sabonis has to be in a player pool, but he's so expensive that you know you got to shift your lineup if you really want to go there. So as of now, Sabonis is just below the cut line for me, but I am tempted. And then, you know, like I say, maybe Philadelphia with Harris or Howard, but, you know, it's just for me the highest game on the slate at 234. I just don't feel super comfortable about it until we get that Embiid news and things can shuffle out. Yeah, if, if Embiid's out, then I like Dwight Howard for all the reasons you mentioned. Great price. So that'll be a key guy for me. Otherwise, you could go with the value here with Seth Curry on DraftKings or Danny Green on either site. Good price, mid 4K range. He's been they both have been shooting well, playing well. <clears throat> yeah. Other than that, I'm going to pass Philly. And then with Indiana, I agree. Lavert and Sabonis playing great, but just out of the cut line because of those prices in this defense. So maybe a value guy uh, with T.J. McConnell or. One of these guys off the bench, Keelan Martin was crazy, career high yesterday. Justin Holiday getting good minutes. He's in the 3K range. Um, but really, it's it's all about Embiid and Dwight Howard for me here. And then otherwise pass because this next game, Coach, is yeah. one that I'm more excited about. Brooklyn and Chicago, 232 total. Brooklyn favored by 5.5 on the road. It is a yeah. front end of a back-to-back for them. Uh We've got good pace here. We've got the awesome offense of Brooklyn. Their bad defense. Chicago average defensively. So pretty good game environment. We -hmm. have, in terms of news, Bruce Brown questionable. And then Tice and Troy Brown Jr. questionable on the Chicago side. Now, a little surprise with the big minutes for the studs for Brooklyn last game against Denver. KD played 41. Kyrie played 39. And they're in second place, uh, you know, trying to stay there and and get home court for that potential uh, second round matchup against Milwaukee. So uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, Kyrie and KD here as potential pay up options against a, an average defense, a solid pace. Joe Harris on Fanduel is 3900. And he's a guy that I don't usually play when there's two studs for Brooklyn who are playing. But that's that's a little cheap to be ignored in my book. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin is stepping up a little bit. Uh, he's playable in my book. And that's about it for me on, on Brooklyn side, but I do like this game. And you could run it back with Levine or Vucevic. Uh, you know, they're pushing. They're in 11th. They've got to, they've got to keep winning here. And they're playing well. Um, Vucevic, expensive, but you know, he's had eight straight double doubles, and most of them he's getting 14 or 15 rebounds. I mean, he's a monster yeah, lately, he really is. Uh, and then Levine, uh, he's trending back up with his minutes, he's uh, pretty expensive on DraftKings, but 8,600 on FanDuel is another way you could get exposure to this game. We know that uh, guards, wings like, like Levine can really smash against Brooklyn, so I wouldn't mind uh, one or two of these studs. And, uh, you know, hope that these guys play hard and fast here for their positioning. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game. I mean, Chicago, they lose one game, they're done. So they're they're basically in a single elimination mode. So they're going to get all their guys playing uh, as much as they can. They're very disappointed. I I thought with the moves they made at the All-Star break, they'd be a team to watch and they'd at least get into that playing tournament. So very disappointing finish to the season for them um, without question. You know, as far as Brooklyn goes, you know, Kyrie and Durant are the two guys you have to look at immediately and really can't afford both. But, you know, I'm actually leaning slightly towards Kyrie here just because I I really don't respect the Kobe-Zach backcourt defense from Chicago. And like you said, I think this is important for Brooklyn because that one game difference between second and third between Milwaukee will do exactly what you said. It will determine 
if they both get to that next round, uh, the the second round of the playoffs, they they'd have home court advantage. So that's important. So both teams have something to play for, and you know I like this game better than the last game, even though it's a little lower in the over under. Um, you know I think this game gets up and down, and both teams play tough. Um, you know I'm looking at Kyrie for sure. I'm so sour on Joe Harris. I mean he's thirty nine hundred bucks for a reason. He has games where he plays 35 minutes and gets 12 DFS points. I mean, doesn't the ball bounce your way a few times? I mean, come on, man. So I'm disappointed in him. I'm not going back there. Um, I don't want really any part of the whole Blake Griffin, Claxton, Jordan, who the hell knows, Jeff Green. I mean, it's just mayhem at the bigs and very risky. Um, a key thing for me in this game is, is Daniel Tice. If Daniel Tice sits, I really like Thaddeus Young because he's going to have almost no ownership. He he just gets stocks. He gets everything when he's in there. He just needs those extended minutes. So uh, I want to see how that goes. Um, I'm definitely considering Vuk at center. I mean, he's been on a roll. He's gone. You know, it's been a little quiet. And... Uh, it's not like, you know, when Levine was out, he, he did really well. But even with Levine back, it's his usage and output does not sink that much. I mean, he gets he's very similar in, in uh, even with Levine back. The guy that gets smashed is Kobe White. So I'm not going to play him. Uh, but I think Vuk is highly in play for me. Zach Levine's price has now gotten to the point where it's very tempting Um but I'm not real thrilled with the idea that they may start Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown guards him because he will dog him. So as of right now, it could be two big pay-up guys for me. If the slate was to lock now, I'd go Kyrie and Vuk. And uh, should be a fun game, though. Excellent. All right, we go to the Dallas Mavericks against the Memphis Grizzlies. And we've got the first night of a back-to-back for Dallas. I need to get this Luka news, man. I I'm uh, I should be the man that's on top of this. Um, let's see here. I'm going to look this up and make sure that at some point in this show I give the Mavs uh, beat writer update here. But that sort of has everything to do with everything. Um, you know the minutes, et cetera, on what, what's going to happen in this game uh, with those guys. For Dallas, you know, they're they're sitting tied, dead tied with Portland. They're both two games ahead of the Lakers, but LeBron's back tonight, so they could finish with a flurry. You know, and the death sentence for of those three teams are who gets stuck in that 7 through 10 playoff. Uh, so... Dallas wants to win. If Luke is in, he's going to go hard. Uh, Chris Stapp, softy Porzingis sits again tonight. We may see him tomorrow on the second night of the back-to-back. But really, if if uh, Dallas can just pull one more win together, they should be uh, not in that seven through ten deal. So they're you know they need to come out and uh, and get it done. Memphis uh, you know is in that situation where they're right in the heart of that whole deal with uh, the 7 through 10. I mean, they're one game behind Golden State, a couple of games ahead of San Antonio and the Pelicans, and the Kings still haven't been eliminated. So, you know, they just, they need to, they need to win as well. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to come at it and play hard uh, with their guys. So, you know, I personally in this game, uh, I'm not going to want to pay up to the very top for Luca, and I want to get all this information I can. I'll update it on our uh, our Twitter and in our Discord uh, when we when we hear anything else about Luca. But you know, a couple of guys you have to consider here is um, Dylan Brooks will guard Luca, so that's one thing that is a is a concern right off the bat for me. Um, but the guy that may get some open shots out of it is the one that is unconscious lately, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. He is just on a shooting streak like you wouldn't believe. So he's playing great ball. He's a possibility uh, you know, uh, of a play at a decent price. Um, but that's the only guy on the Dallas side I'm looking at. What I like is on the Memphis side. I think 
the two guys that could cause big trouble are Triple J and Joval. And you know I like bigs against Dallas, but they've got double bigs, basically. And uh, that's a big concern for me. So uh, there's the possibility. I'm not sure yet, but financially you can do it uh, with Joval and Triple J. Uh, his minutes have gone up. Last game was the first game he started since coming back. You know, he could get... 28, 30 minutes, and do some serious damage. And he'll probably get Finney Smith defense, which isn't bad, but Jackson's just a lot bigger than Finney Smith, much bigger. And Joe Val's going to get that whole rotation of centers with Scully Stein and Powell. Maybe we have a Bobon sighting because Joe Val's a big body. But uh, Valachunas has played great. We just always have to keep the damn guy out of foul trouble because we played him and he smashed a couple of times. He got in foul trouble, and that really stings. So going big with the Memphis guys, possibly a little Tim Hardaway to ride that hot streak of shooting, and more than likely that's going to be my exposure here. Okay, yeah. Not a huge game for me. Front end for Dallas, second night for Memphis, which is really the key thing. They had some guys who played decent minutes, yeah. but, uh, but not really overall. And so that's my concern with a guy like Joe Val. How many minutes does he play? Not to mention the foul trouble. Dylan Brooks, 4800 on FanDuel is playable for me. He, that's my favorite price, tra- price tag on Memphis. With Dallas, uh, yeah, THJ, he's rolling. You could look there. Uh, Brunson always seems to hit value. And then yeah. Powell, three out of four games, over 34 fantasy points on DraftKings. 4,200 over there is playable for me. A little steep on FanDuel 56. But uh, I like him on, on DraftKings potentially. But if Dwight Howard is going to be out there without Embiid, then then Dwight Howard's my favorite value center tonight. So I, I, I do think these teams will push. I uh, just don't like it as much as, say, Brooklyn and Chicago, that game. So it's more likely a one-off value play for me. Makes sense. All right, we have one 9 o'clock game. It's Orlando and Milwaukee. Again, two teams going in the opposite direction. Orlando, one of those five teams with 20 to 21 wins. So yeah. they're gonna. you figure they're going to continue to try to lose, and they're not going to have to try very hard against Milwaukee, no. uh, who's in third and, and lost last night to San Antonio, but they should get back on track tonight. They're favored by 14, 229.5 total. And same crew out for Orlando. Ross, Ennis, Okiki, MCW, Otto Porter Jr. We've got Wendell Carter Jr. questionable. And then uh, with Milwaukee, as of right now, showtime here. I'm not seeing any news, but stay tuned. That's the key for me, is if we get news with Milwaukee, somebody sits here back-to-back, should be an easy win against Orlando. Then you get somebody who comes into play, like a Portis potentially. As of right now, though, I'm not planning to play any anybody from Milwaukee, even though it's an awesome matchup. Their starters played between 23 and 32 minutes last night, and I think it'll be similar if the, the starters come back again here. So for now, I'm going to pass Milwaukee. With Orlando, I really didn't like how things trended in that last game uh, with minutes really balanced for the starters and the subs. RJ Hampton got 29 minutes. But he's in the 6K range now. Your man, Brasdikas, is really the yeah. only guy I, I care about today with Orlando. He's, he's finally he, getting some some shout-out. I love it. Yeah, his last four games, listen to these minutes. 32, 30, 24, and then 35. And he's only 3,600 on both sites. So he's the my favorite value play out of this game. And, and right now, he's really the only guy I'm looking at. Wow. Who, who'd ever think, you know, DFS, you never know who's going to yeah. be. <laughs> Two weeks ago, who would have predicted that? Yeah, and I love Brisdakis, whatever, against Giannis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It is a crazy, crazy NBA. You know, I'm, I'm with you. I think of all the teams, Orlando really doesn't want to win because yeah. they're in the most rebuild mode, like Oklahoma City, them in Oklahoma City, of where they just got rid of everybody. They've got all kinds of young guys. They want the top pick. So I'm not, you know, Mo, Mo Bamba really stung everybody last time. Um, I was lucky to avoid that. But I just, you could see it coming because 
they don't want to win. And, you know, Bamba definitely gives them a better chance to win. So I don't trust the minutes for Bamba or, or Wagner, certainly not Bacon or Harris, or any of the, you know, the, the guys that have more experience. And even Cole Anthony, you know, it's Drew Holiday for crying out loud. So I'm going to I'm going to fade Orlando, even, you know, my Iggy guy. I just don't feel comfortable that anybody's going to get enough minutes to make a difference. And since Milwaukee's so good defensively, they're fourth in the league in defense. It just doesn't it just looks like, you know, you got to sit there and bite your nails if you try to get one of these guys through on the Milwaukee side. You know, I think they want to win this game. I mean, they're one game behind Brooklyn for that home court. Brooklyn doesn't have any, like, layups here in these last few games. So I think Milwaukee will play their guys, and I think they'll get out to a big lead. You know, the the problem, again, is going to be you're going to feel good if you have maybe Giannis or Middleton or whatever. At halftime, you're going to feel great. But who says they're going to play much in the second half? You know, Bud, Coach Bud likes to rest his guys, and they sh- I don't see how they don't smash Orlando. So, unfortunately, you know, I just don't trust the minutes in the second half by, by Milwaukee. I think they use a lot of bench guys, um, but I don't, none of the bench guys elevate enough for me because I do think that they want to win this game and will play enough of their starters. So, as, as tempted as I am here, I, I'm I'm probably going to pass this game altogether. All right. All right. We have three 10 o'clock games, our after-hour slate. I love when it's three instead of two, and I know you don't. You like it two instead of three. But that's why we're so different, and we both have different outlooks, and both can win. First game of the three-game after-hours 10, 10 o'clock slate. Phoenix and Golden State, Golden State on the second night of a back-to-back. Five-and-a-half-point favorites for Phoenix, 230 over-under. Phoenix 25th in pace. Big pace-up game for them as Golden State is third. But here's the problem, eighth and fifth defense. We have two top eight defenses, and uh, Cam Johnson has already been rolled out. Looks like Paul Booker bridges Craig and Aiton like normal and Curry, Wiggins, Baysmore, Green, and Looney. Uh, So interesting game here. Certainly not one of my favorites on the slate. Um, You know, you've got a situation here where, uh, you know, is everybody going to play full minutes? You know, that is the million-dollar question. You know, Phoenix more than likely is going to finish second to the Jazz. I know they can push a little bit, but the Clippers are too far behind them. They have to make up a couple of games against the Jazz, which I doubt they will. So I don't think Phoenix, you know, beats up Chris Paul. I was going to say Cliff Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Paul or or uh, Booker or even eight. And I think that they'll, you know, Monty sees the big picture uh, a lot better than that. Now, Golden State side of things, it, it's uh, a little different. Um, you know, they're two games behind the Lakers for seventh. It looks like the Golden State's going to be in this seven through 10 playing. I mean, it's that simple. They've already clinched that, but where they finish in that seven through 10 uh, is a question. I mean, I don't, it's not like elimination or, or bust. So it's not lay your cards on the table. So I'm not sure on the second night of a back-to-back how <clears throat> much they want to push Curry, you know, for his price, I'm not going to go there, especially with the great defense of Paul and the backcourt of Phoenix. Um, you know, you can go second flight here. Wiggins has played steady ball. Kent Bazemore's really paid his number. He'll have some people, because Looney had his double-doubles three in a row or whatever for the first time in his career and probably the last, you'll have some suckers jump on him, but I think he's a trap. Um, Draymond on again, a second night of a back-to-back. He played hard last night. Just, it does not look like an exciting game. I will say though, that Mikhail Bridges, man, he is quietly having a hell of a season and nobody ever talks about him, but his mid price is always, you know, a possibility, especially with Cam Johnson being out, not soaking up any of those wing minutes. Uh, you could look there. And I, I've got to mention him just because I know he's on your all Andrew top five of all times, Tory Craig. Mm-hmm. He's a sneaky, cheap play that usually gets uh, gets his number. 
But uh, not liking this game much, Andrew. I don't either. You know, Golden State had to play hard to win against Utah last night, and prices are solid. No, no great bargains there. So on the main slate, I'm planning to pass Golden State because of that and the great matchup or tough matchup. And then with Phoenix, with Cam Johnson and then Nader also out still, you've seen Crowder pick up some minutes and Frank Kaminsky also picking up some minutes. And he, he, Frank the tank. Yeah. He, he cut into Torrey Craig in that last game. So to me, you could look at one of those value plays, Crowder, Kaminsky, especially on the, on the after hour slate. I'll probably have one of those guys. Um, maybe not on the main slate, but it's, it's one of those types of real deep value plays or, or we continue on here to the next one, which is Oklahoma city and Sacramento two twenty four and a half total. The Kings favored by 11. They need to keep winning here, uh, just clinging to a, an opportunity. OKC in that group with 20 to 21 wins, they're going to keep losing. Yeah. Uh, just doing it with different guys. Today, Maladon is out. Question marks for Ty Jerome and Dort. Dort's and it, questionable every damn game. Yeah. What is he? He think he's uh, LeBron now or an <laughs> AD? <laughs> yeah, I think that's more of the OKC side. I read something recently where you know he really pushed to play one of those games. So he wants to be out there, but they know that with him out there, they have a better chance of winning. So they're limiting him. And then Sacramento, we have Fox still out, Barnes doubtful, Hassan Whiteside available, and Heald probable. Now, they played the other day here, and Sacramento crushed him by 28. And I think it'll probably be an easy win here again. um, On the OKC side... I really think this is another team, sort of like Orlando, that right. you really have to tread cautiously here. The minutes are, are really spread out evenly. Um, so could Ty Jerome potentially, let's say, if he starts and Dort is out, could he hit value in his 24 minutes? Maybe. Uh, that's probably the only guy I would look at. Or you could look at uh, Moses Brown. Same thing. Under 5K, I like the matchup for him. But 24 to 26 minutes. Um, and then Deck. He's the, he's the one guy who got big minutes last game, 31. They've really been giving him a good look. He's, he's still a nice player, man. Yeah. He's, I watched him. He's, he's pretty darn good. Yeah, definitely. He, he can pay off that price tag. So those are the three guys I would consider. Uh, Sacramento side, DeLon Wright. I mean, they really now think that he is the, the real substitute for Fox in terms of his pricing. Up no over eight K range. I mean, he had two awesome games, so I I don't blame the that sites. That price is is retarded, though. But, I mean, eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too much for me here on this slate. I'd rather go with Terrence Davis off the bench, fifty three hundred, getting good minutes, playing well. Uh, or Harkless, he's still a decent price, uh, and that's it. You know, despite it being really great on paper. You know, over the course of the season, these teams have built up the pace rankings of sixth and eighth defense. They're 24th and 30th. So you look at this and you say, oh, I got to get a bunch of exposure here. But again, last week, of the regular season, OKC splitting minutes, all these guys out for Sacramento, but the price tags are up. Could end up being another, you know, maybe a one value type play or a pass. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you're you're right, right on the nuts there. I, I mean, Oklahoma City and and uh orlando you're gonna see and it's gonna be tempting but you're gonna see me today and probably every game the rest of the way they only have two or three left um until through sunday i doubt i'm gonna roster anybody from either one of those teams those are the two teams that have 100 percent mailed it in do not want to win and it's not that the players aren't trying to play hard it's just the management is is gonna not get the guys in in the best position to try to win a game because it's it's very odd to see so many teams with almost dead tied for the worst record and i just don't trust the rotation whatsoever for oklahoma city and just auto fade it and not be tempted sacramento i agree i think they'll kill them i i'm not sure how long of a run they get uh with a with a decent lead they're in single elimination mode though they know one loss they're done for the season as far as the playoffs go, but you know it's it's tough. I refuse to play, pay eight thousand plus for Delon Wright. It's just we paid like thirty six hundred for him at, mm-hmm. at one point, and I'm <clears throat> just not going to go there. Healed, 
has paid off quite a bit, but he's not 100%. You know, Harkless is a super cheap play that can be a boomer bust guy for you, but more GPP-ish. Bagley, you know, he's played some ball. He's finishing with a rush here, but he does get some decent interior defense against Baisley, Roby, Brown. All those guys are long and a little bit tough inside, so I don't think it's going to be, you know, a picnic for him. <clears throat> and Holmes, I'm not sure, minutes-wise, you know, with, with his backups back, uh, if he's really worth it. So pretty simple for me, uh, Andrew. I'm going to pass and move on to this last game. And then you're going to spend probably half your roster on the last one, right? Uh, you think so? <laughs> I don't know. There's a possibility. You love to it's attack the, these defenses. I know it. It's the New York Knicks and L.A. Lakers, and you got a 1-4 defense. So, yeah, you're right. I'm going to own about six guys in this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting here because, you know, you have a situation where you got great D's, but you got LeBron back. So how long is LeBron going to play? You know, are they, they're really trying desperately to win out this week and get out of that play-in game, play-in tournament. So if Portland loses and they win, they're only one game behind them. So the Lakers want to win. They're going to play their guys. Um, you know, the, the Jack Black thing, we want a winnie, you know, as, as our, uh, Discord posts uh, all the time, the GIF in our in our Discord. But, yeah, I mean, that makes the Lakers interesting in this game just because of that. But, you know, you've got the Knicks on the other side that are sitting fourth. Uh, they could drop to fifth. They're only a half a game ahead of Atlanta. So they also want to win because that can, you know, be a difference depending on how things break out in the playoffs here of who gets a home court advantage so I think it'll be a competitive game. I think they'll play their guys. But, you know, as you alluded to, you got Lakers by four and a half. It's only 213. So you got the lowest total by a lot. And you've got the, the slowest team in the league in the Knicks, 15th for the Lakers. They don't play extremely fast. And as I mentioned, but it ha can't go overstated, is you've got the, the top number one and four defenses. So... It makes it very, very difficult. Right now, we've got Burks and uh, questionable, quickly doubtful, and uh, LeBron and 60 other guys probable. So, you know, it looks to me as Peyton Bullock, Barrett, Randall, Noel against Caruso, Pope, Kuzma, Davis, and Drummond, except Caruso will go to the bench, and it will be uh, LeBron in there is what I, I think will happen. But, um, you know, let's see how this plays out. Um, you know, the, the situation with Schroeder being out changes thing, things a bit, you know, if they do keep, uh, Caruso in the lineup, I don't think he will. I think he'll come off the bench. I think they'll just let LeBron run the point. If he's going to play, he's going to play. And the fact that he's not questionable, that he's probable makes you, you know, got to think he's going to be in. So where do you go here, man? I, I just, you know, the nice thing for me is. I haven't had a ton of buy-ups, so I'm going to be able to fit some of those early, more expensive guys in there. But I just I don't know if I can pull the trigger here. It's going to be hard on this after-hour uh, after slate because their teams are slow, slow and less possessions. Julius Randle's always tempting, and you know he gets triple pumped up to pay, uh, play against the Lakers because they're the team that really gave up on him first. But it's AD for crying out loud, you know, in that defense of the Lakers. So that's hard to pay that kind of money for a guy uh, facing it. I mean, you might get him at lower ownership, uh, probably fall into the Julius Randle deal in the after hours. But I don't think I have the courage on the main slate. Uh, you can go for some some uh, cheaper mid-level plays. You know, Caldwell Pope's played more. Um, you know, you've got Noel against Drummond, so that's sort of a wash as far as, you know, defending and just grabbing rebounds. So there's not a lot of guys that jump out to me. You know, I'm not going to pay up for LeBron. I think you'd have to really be pushing it to do that because you know he's going to be on a minutes limit, especially he came back last time and got re-hurt. So what, 20 minutes maybe? 25 because it's LeBron? I don't know. But 
just don't really want to go there either. So I doubt I'm going to have anybody in this game uh, for the main slate. But, you know, I'll consider a few of the the value guys and Julius in that after hours. But it's, it's going to be a tough, hard-fought game. Uh, but, you know, you could see this one be, what, 100 to 92 kind of thing? Very easily, yeah. And I, I agree. I think it'll be hard-fought. But uh, on an 11-game slate, uh, I'm not ready to play anybody here. Randall, his price is getting more attractive here all of a sudden, dipping yeah, down towards 9,000. So it's tempting, yeah. but... Probably not in the main slate, just the the after hours slate, and and we'll see how the lineup shakes out for the Lakers. Uh, and then on the on the after hours slate, if Burks and Quickly are out again, you could look at Rose. He's really been playing well lately. He has uh, been. So, so that's it. That's the eleven game slate. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, if you're listening and watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and we'll continue these seven day a week podcasts through the regular season and through the postseason. So hope you'll continue to, to tune in with us here. We have a lot of fun breaking down the games. Um, join us as a member as well. If you haven't yet, dfscoachdoc.com. Grab whichever length of membership you want. We give out our full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings. We cover the main slate and the after-hour slate. It's a lot of fun, a lot of lineups, and we're rolling towards a big finish here to the season. So any questions, reach out to us on Twitter, at dfscoachdoc. You can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, and you can find me at Language Olympic. So thank you for tuning in. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.